wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Uh, welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also presenter of Drive Time most Tuesdays and every Wednesday uh, this week. Now we're following the theme, Christianity in History. How positive was its contribution? Now this has been a really uh, butte topic all week. We've had a fair bit of fun with it actually. Uh, on Monday uh, we asked the question, was Christianity bad news for women? So often you hear this to be the uh, stated as reality through the popular media. Uh, the evidence doesn't back it up though. Uh, yesterday uh, we moved into was Christianity bad news for slaves? Once again, the popular media is so willing uh, to present Christianity as supportive of slavery. Once you actually move into the evidence, uh, you find that uh, true Christianity uh, moved against uh, slavery. Today, we look at, uh, was Christianity bad news for the sick and poor? You know, one of the things I'm just so conscious of is that Christianity has made uh, an incredibly co- powerful, contr- positive contribution uh, to the world in which we live. Now, has uh, there been uh, errors? Have there been mistakes? Has there been false Christianity out there? Yes, there has been. Uh, but do you know so many uh, dedicated people have turned? Uh, the world uh, upside down through their uh, understanding of the teachings of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, today to guide us through our discussion, we're joined by our regular Wednesday co-host, and that's Pastor David Butcher. And David is our lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in South Oz. Now, welcome to you, David. Good afternoon, Gary. It's it's great to be on air with you again, and I uh, really enjoy this time. And want to say a big shout out to all of the Faith FM listeners right across this country. Yeah, and there's, the numbers are really starting to, to grow. I'm amazed at how many people uh, are actually contacting us and saying, hey, look, really appreciate the, you know, the program, the ministry that Faith FM, uh, and even our drive time program, uh, is, uh, is sharing with the, uh, with the community. Now, David, next week I understand you're, you're taking next week off. You're taking some holidays. Now, what are you planning to do? Yeah, probably, um, yeah, going to have part of the week off, but also heading up into what is called the Flinders Ranges, which is a beautiful area of South Australia, and um, just I, I just love the mountain ranges, the beautiful uh, mm. coloured tones of the mountains, and and yeah. very rugged. Yeah, that's a, it's actually a very popular spot for you know anyone who's you know who's touring through South Australia. I know next year I'm going to be doing some touring myself, and uh, uh, that's certainly one of the places that uh, I'm going to be starting uh, starting in and. Uh, and heading north from uh, from there, and and look, there's so many places in our own backyards, so to speak, wherever you live. There is that uh, are incredible, and um, yeah, it's it's um, well, just uh, personally, South Australia is a lot of the land, and I'll be uh, probably get some text messages in is uninhabitable. Um, it's just so arid, right? And and yeah. um, 
but uh, there are some really beautiful parts as well, just like every other state. In oh, that, that's the thing, you know. To me, I, I go. I've I've had the privilege of uh, working in various states. You know, I mean, I I grew up there in Sydney, and I've got to admit to this day, the one thing I miss down here in uh, South Australia are the surf beaches. You know, we don't have the surf beaches that's that right. you've got on, that you've got on the east coast, and uh, I I love I uh, the the surf beaches, and yet down here in South Australia, uh, the climate. Uh, has to be uh, ac- absolutely idyllic this time of the year. This is something special, isn't it? Good. It is really good. It is really good. Is. Look, let's come to our uh, World Watch uh, segment. I'd love to get your, your feedback on this particular uh, article. This one is, uh, there was a similar article uh, last week, but uh, this one just came out uh, yesterday. And uh, this is. Uh, uh, a a a, um, a reverend in uh, in the United Kingdom, and uh, he made a statement, and uh, the article's actually entitled uh, "Progressive Christianity is the greatest threat to the Church." Anglican leader says. Now, uh, this is what the article says. A well-known Anglican leader and British social commentator is calling liberal Christianity one of the greatest threats to the faith, saying it twists the truth and is being used by Satan to deceive the church. The Reverend Calvin Robinson, an Anglican deacon in the Free Church of England, uh, said uh, liberalism is the greatest threat to Christianity Uh, because it's one of the tools that the devil is using, Robinson said. The enemy has made many tools at his disposal, but liberalism is one that is really, really uh, taking hold in the West right now. This is a massive threat to Christendom, he said, and this massive threat to the truth because it is rooted in lies, but it's not entirely rooted in lies. It's rooted in twists to the truth. Progressive Christianity, Robertson said, is something that sounds compassionate, sounds empathetic, and isn't entirely true in order to get people to believe in it. Progressive Christianity, and this is the thing that I suppose I, you know, I, I jumped at. Progressive Christianity is an oxymoron. You can either be a Christian or you can be progressive, uh, Robinson said, but Christian faith is inherently conservative because it provides a set of values that are seen by the modern world as conservative ideas, such as marriages between one man and a woman, and that God made us male or female. And he made the, uh, those quite different. We're not equal in terms of being the same. We're equal in terms of dignity and worth, but we are complementary and different for a purpose. Progressive Christianity is about twisting the truth. Again, he said, it's all a lie. You can either have the truth or not the truth. The truth is objective. A progressive Christian is a fake Christian. Robinson urged the church to guard against any movement that doubts the Bible. Now, David, I'd be really interested to uh, to actually 
uh, get your, your feedback on this because one of the things I'm really conscious of is that, you know, I mean, progressive Christianity today, it tends to be uh, defined by, you know, belief, you know, there's an emphasis on, you know, social, uh, political causes. There's an emphasis on environmentalism. There's an emphasis on, you know, redefinition of marriage. You know, that's progressive Christianity. But, how would you respond to, to this article? Is uh, progressive Christianity the greatest threat to the church? This is like a, a hand grenade you've just passed to me and the pin's been pulled and no matter what I do with it, it's going to blow up, Gary. Um, <laughs> look, this is a, this is a, um, uh, this article that you've shared engenders a response in people and, and yeah. emotions yeah. and all sorts of things. Um, Clearly, clearly, when we and we all tend to label and pigeonhole. Yeah. When we do that, it automatically ramps things up another level. Yeah. And I think the real danger to to Christianity is: Are we biblical? Are we holding to biblical truth, or are we wavering? Because um, Jesus would have been considered a liberal by the establishment in his day. Mm. Jesus would have been seen as progressive uh, by the establishment in his day, you know, because they thought he was ruining their faith. Mm. Um, so, uh, and yet Jesus Jesus is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. So for me, uh, I think whenever we move, <coughs> pardon me, to, whenever we move away from what the word of God says, that's when we're in danger, whether we're a liberal or a conservative or a progressive or a whatever the alternate word is. Mm. This is where dangers come in, painting people into different sides. Uh, and we can find that whatever side of the coin we're on, we can still be aberrant and distant to what the scriptures actually say. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I appreciate what you're actually saying there, David, because I, you know, the thing that I'm, I'm really conscious of is that the progressive conservative labels myself, I don't see as being all that helpful. And I really like the example that you used there because certainly there have been times throughout the history of Christianity where, and for example, Sir William Wilberforce, he actually worked for the abolition of slavery. But in his day, that was a progressive cause. And uh, you look at that and you say, hey, you know, are we, would we actually push something out simply because it's progressive? No. Uh, would we push something, accept something simply because it's conservative? No. I, I, I certainly suggest uh, today that the better way is to say, is what we are standing for, is it biblical? Uh, I mean, why is it that I, uh, I myself, you know, reject the uh, redefinition of marriage? Uh, is it because it's, uh, it's not conservative? No. no. It's because it's not biblical. That's why I reject the redefinition of marriage. And so that's the safety thing, isn't it? Is it biblical? Because, you know, uh, Saul, who became the Apostle Paul, you know, he, he would have been an ultra-conservative in the Jewish faith, one would think, mm -hmm. um, trying to maintain the standards, trying to uh, hunt down and put in prison Christians. So he was a defender mm. of traditional Judaism, if you like, whereas once he was converted, he would have been seen as radically progressive. In fact, he was in some points 
maybe not with that terminology, but even even amongst uh, Jew- Jewish Christians, yeah, even yeah. amongst the the twelve the apostles, yeah. He was seen as an outlier at times. Yeah. In other words, these labels myself, I actually find unhelpful because I know there have been times in my ministry where I've been pastoring, pastoring uh, some churches where I've actually uh, been labelled an out-and-out liberal. Uh, and then there have been other uh, occasions when I've had to uh, I've had to take stands and I've been regarded as the ultra-conservative. And I've, throughout my ministry, I think I've actually jumped between being being labelled as uh, lib- because and, to- and yet you haven't jumped anywhere. I haven't jumped anywhere because to me, where I believe as a pastor, I need to sit is what is the biblical uh, foundation for what we're actually holding, for what we're actually believing. It, it, it's a mute point whether it's a liberal or conservative. And so, what you've just highlighted is is critical because uh, people want we all pigeonhole. Yeah. It's human nature. Yeah. And so in Christian communities, you get the same thing in other faiths as well, I would imagine. But um, people want to label you whether you're with them or against them. Yeah. A- and that can change depending on which group you're talking to, how they view you. And so the only safety is standing on what the scriptures say. Otherwise, it's going to be just people's opinions. Exactly. And, and you know, to me, if someone is actually uh, searching for a church, uh, to me, the thing that I say to them, you know, they say, look, you know, we're looking for a, a conservative church. We're looking for a, you know, a liberal church. To me, uh, I'm actually looking for a biblical church. Now, uh, it's true that uh, in in the day and age in which we're living, uh, many of the uh, values of the scriptures are actually seen as conservative. Uh, but that is something that uh, comes and ebbs and flows uh, with uh, uh, with the era in which you're living. And that's very true. Yeah. Very true. Look, guys, let's come to some uh, some music. This is a uh, this is a really beaut uh, beaut song. Uh, this is uh, Faith First, and the song is Where There Is Faith. Uh, please, uh, please enjoy.
the first oh, where there is faith oh, what a uh, what a beautiful rendition that uh, that really is now guys look we do have a giveaway book today now this is a real beauty uh, this is a, a book uh, entitled what the bible says about and this is by Lonnie Malashenko uh, now uh, this uh, book contains 31 studies on important topics and also an important bible marking plan now this this Bible marking plan is something that I'd really recommend to you. Bible marking is, of course, where you actually progressively mark your Bible with a series of passages so that you can share your faith uh, with someone who may be, um, you may be speaking to. So you might take a subject, for example, salvation. Uh, you'll mark at the, at the back of your Bible, uh, you know, a text where you'd like to start. Maybe you'd like to start in John chapter three with the story of, uh, of Nicodemus. And, uh, so it'll take you to John chapter three. And then in John chapter three, it'll recommend you'll write a text where it'll take you to the second text and then that location to the third text. And you'll be able to share, uh, your faith, uh, with, uh, with those you come about, come across by simply marking your Bible. Now, this is an offer that we very rarely actually, actually give out. And, uh, this is a really great little book. What the Bible says about contains two powerful aids to Bible study in one really compact little uh, passage. First, there are 31 actual Bible studies on important topics such as origin of sin. Where did sin actually come from? Life after death. What happens uh, when a person dies? How do I come to Jesus Christ? Uh, so many subjects are dealt with in this little book. Then there's that easy to use Bible marking plan that's going to help you transform your own Bible into a virtual, almost an encyclopedia of biblical information that you can share with uh, with others. Now guys, look, if you would like your own copy of uh, What the Bible Says About by Lonnie Malashenko, uh, all you uh, all you need to do is to uh, text us um, uh, o- o- uh, our Text our number today is uh, uh, 08. No, sorry, uh, somebody has. I've just gone for a mental blankie. Don't you like that? And uh, um, I look. I'll come back to you with that uh, that number in just a uh, uh, in just a moment. But. Uh, uh, we will give you that offer a little bit later in our, uh, in our program. Goodness me, starting to, uh, to test my age, uh, big time. Um, but folks, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with our Pastor Gary. And to guide us through our Bible study, we're joined by our regular Wednesday host, uh, Pastor David Butcher. And this week, what we're doing is following the theme, Christianity and History, how positive was its contribution. And today, we're trying, we're going to dig into the issue of Christianity's impact on the sick and the poor. Do you know, it is a common belief today that Christianity has provided no benefit to society. So what we're doing this week is looking at various aspects of society where Christianity has had huge benefit. On Monday, we looked at that subject, was Christianity good news for women? Yesterday, was Christianity uh, uh, bad news for slaves? And uh, today, uh, we're looking at Christianity's impact uh, on the poor and the sick. 
uh, this this is such a huge subject. David, help us out. Um, you know, there is so much in, in this entire area. Yeah, look, thank you, Gary. Um, and I really want to affirm you for, for this series this week. It's, it's really powerful because so often we hear the mistruths, if you like, or the misconceptions that Christianity is a burden on society, it doesn't contribute anything, it, it's, it's actually backwards. And yet uh, this series that you've, you've led us into it shows the exact opposite uh, of the value of Christianity, as you've said. And so um, in this particular area, in the area of, of um, health and care for the sick and poor, Christianity, in fact, has been at the forefront of providing humanitarian reforms and health care uh, in an incredible way. And um, it's interesting that um, the West has had a long history of uh, philanthropy uh, that has created a culture of giving and sharing that is unmatched in any other um, civilization in history. Mm. And... One of the key factors for that, I believe, is Christianity. In fact, that is what the evidence actually shows. You know, one of the things that I really appreciated is a, a book that I just had the privilege to read um, uh, just a, a little while ago, and this is uh, by Sharon James, How Christianity Transformed the, the World. And I certainly picked this up at the um, at the uh, Creation Ministries uh, bookstore, an excellent book, and it looks at so many different areas of how Christianity positively transformed the world. This book is worth, uh, worth getting. But, David, you know, it goes through you know the positive impact uh, on uh, on women on slaves uh, and, uh, and then we're looking there's an entire chapter there talking about the uh, those who are who are sick and poor and the impact Christianity has had on those and uh, of course to me it's the research that is actually quoted that to me is so powerful this isn't a matter of you know what you know you and me might think but uh, this uh, uh, this book is certainly uh, it actually brings together it's solid uh, and it's, it's solid, and it's got the got the evidence to, to back it up. So, so Gary, as, as I as I was reading the particular chapter in the book that that we're covering, one of the things that stood out to me was, uh, and I say this with some caution, um, probably with some ignorance, and that's why there's caution in that there are many world religions that uh, have some good traits and characteristics. Yeah. However, from what I know of Christianity. It is one of the few, if the only, religion that has really created a whole lot of benefit to those beyond its own borders, those beyond uh, its own doors, uh, that that has lasted the test of time and has has reached continent after continent. Mm, In other words, it's not only there, and I know other faiths might do good as well, but it, it... does so much good beyond those who are its own adherents. And uh, I guess a case in point, if we head to Scripture, is a story of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. You know, we find in Scripture where, where believers help believers, and that's critical. Mm. But the story of the Good Samaritan is powerful. Luke chapter tw- 10, verse 29 to 37, um, where Jesus tells this story of a man that went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by thieves, stripped of his clothing, wounded, and was left half dead. And uh, a priest comes along, a religious leader, and this is a bad example, correct, of mm. of helping those in need. The priest uh, ignores him, 
a Levite, another religious worker, comes along and he has a look at him and passes on by. He didn't want to get the hands dirty. But then finally it says in verse 33, a Samaritan, a certain Samaritan as he journeyed, came and where he was. And when he saw that the man, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds and pouring on oil and wine and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. And so then Jesus finishes the parable with, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And the one that had asked the question said, he who showed mercy on him. Mm. Then Jesus said, go and show likewise. So Jesus is really saying, don't, uh, he's saying be generous with compassion and care. Go beyond your own family. Go beyond your own ethnicity. Go beyond your own religious group and show care to others indiscriminately. Mm. Mm. And for me, that is something that characterizes true Christianity. Yeah, look, that's, that's a really good point. You know, one of the things that really um, uh, stood out to me when I was sort of have, having a look at the, this chapter in um, Sharon James' book was uh, the root of the word for hospital. You know, so often we sort of say we're going to the hospital. Uh, why is a hospital called a hospital? And uh, she makes the point that it actually comes uh, from, the, from the word hospitality, Mm. Uh, and uh, uh, because of the ba- Christian belief often in hospitality and supporting those that are sick, then what you have is hospitals being set up. You know, a lot of people don't actually realize that uh, if in the days of, of Jesus, of course, medicine wasn't uh, advanced in in those days, but care for the sick was something that if your family cared for you, well and good, but there was nothing beyond the the family. It was an antiquated uh, system. But Christianity did something incredibly remarkable because in some of the uh, significant plagues uh, of ancient Rome, it was the Christians that actually cared for the people. That's one of the reasons Christianity actually went forward. It's rapid growth. And some scholars suggest, Gary, that um, in 40 AD there was probably no more than a few thousand Christians, but by the 3rd century... Christianity was growing at the rate of 40% per decade. Some people suggest that by 350 AD, there were 33 million Christians in the Roman Empire out of a total population of 60 million. And so what I love about Jesus is, you know, people say, well, he did more miracles, did more healing than he did preaching. Mm. For me, that's like the first conversation we had over liberal or conservative, progressive or whatever. Jesus was holistic in his ministry. He didn't dichotomize. He didn't divide between, okay, healing is more important than preaching. Both were important because it's holistic. Jesus cared for the entire person. And and that's what Christianity has brought to the world. Mm, Yeah. No, look, that's that's so true. I mean, you look at the number of sheer hospitals – that have been set up primarily by religious organisations and often in countries where it's not easy to set up 
those uh, those facilities. Uh, I, I I think of some of the the great missionary movements that certainly uh, Christians have have been responsible for. You know, in the secular press, the missionary movements of Christianity are actually derided for changing people's culture, uh, or people's culture. And yet, the thing which I'm so conscious of is that if you think of, um, for example, uh, uh, who was the fellow who went to Africa? Uh, David Livingston. Uh, David Livingston. I mean, just just think of what David Livingston did. You know, I, I actually had the privilege of going to the David Livingston uh, uh, Memorial and uh, also the museum when I was over in uh, in Britain on one particular occasion and uh, uh, just studying, just considering his life. A lot of people don't actually realise that he went to uh, Africa as a, uh, as a medical missionary. Of course, he was a doctor. Uh, he was a, a person who went and explored Africa and is responsible for opening up Africa and he's remembered as an explorer and a doctor. But what a lot of people don't actually realise is that the reason he actually went to Africa was because he went there as a Christian missionary. Yeah, and 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 there's a lot of <clears throat> but using but using health or as the uh, as the the ministry that he had identified as the greatest need. And, and Gary, in our, our particular denomination, the Seventh Adventist Church, we often talk about health as the right arm of the gospel. Yeah, Be- because Jesus, if if you read Matthew chapter eight verse. 37 to, to 38 to 35 maybe it says Jesus went about all Galilee um, healing all the sick uh-huh. and and teaching the gospel of the kingdom um, he had to care for people's physical needs so that he could then reach them with the spiritual need he did the same thing with the woman at the well uh-huh. uh, he he directed her to him, he directed, he offered her the water of life, which she thought was a, a physical need, but it ultimately led to her spiritual need. Gary, um, there's one uh, sociologist, uh, his name is uh, Rodney Stark, and he painted, uh, he said, it paints a bleak history looking at the misery and brutality of life in the urban Greco-Roman world. And this is what he says, to cities filled with homeless and impoverished, Christianity offered charity as well as hope. To cities filled with newcomers and strangers, Christianity offered an immediate basis for attachments. To cities filled with orphans and widows, Christianity provided a new and expanded sense of family. To cities torn by violent ethnic strife, Christianity offered a new basis for social solidarity. Mm. And to cities faced with epidemics, fires and earthquakes, Christianity offered effective nursing services. And so, in other words, what Christianity offered that pagan religions did not offer was a holistic um, uh, life that encompassed encompass the person's whole being. And that's what you see in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 to 47. You've really got the birth of the early Christian church, mm-hmm. and, and they followed the apostles' doctrine, they worshipped together, they went from house to house, breaking bread, eating together. They provided for each other's needs. So it was holistic. Yeah. yeah. And, and the reason, and, and this is why I believe Christianity is different, the reason why Christianity has this is, has this at its core, noting that um, 
in every religion there are bad apples or there are people that don't bear fruit. But the difference with Christianity is we believe that every human being has been created in the image of God, every human being Christ died for, but each human being has to accept that death and the gift that Jesus offers. But Jesus says, love your enemies. Mm-hmm. Do good to those who persecute you. And so what we need to realize is that Christianity, and this is what Christianity offers, is the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Therefore, when we hurt a fellow human being or ignore another fellow human being who is in trouble, either medically or, or welfare-related, etc., we're actually injuring the body of Christ. We're hurting Christ who, who made and created that being. Yeah, as you have done to one of the least of these, my brethren, you've actually done to uh, done to me. Is certainly the fun, foundational teaching of Christ. You know, I appreciate what you're actually saying there because, you know, right back in Genesis chapter 1, you get that uh, statement from God, let us make man in our image. It's only the Judeo-Christian belief structure that makes man and woman, or humanity as it's better translated here, in the image of God. Uh, you know, every, you know, this, this transforms a person's thinking about others. When I realize that my, my brother, my sister, the person who hasn't even accepted Jesus has actually been made in the image of the infinite God. Uh, you know, he is of immense value. Uh, therefore, he is, he, she is somebody uh, that I need to be able to care for. It's the foundation of the uh, of scriptural belief uh, in uh, uh, in certainly the Judeo Christian uh, world. There's an equality because we're made in the image of God, and that's why the story of the Good Samaritan. Jesus says, "Who is your neighbor?" And it may not be someone of your own faith. And certainly the Samaritan was of a different faith to the the Jews, the priest and the Levite. Um, you know, Jesus says in Matthew twenty five forty four to 45, he says, uh, then they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And then Jesus says, he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And so this is Jesus, the founder of Christianity, laying out the blueprint for how Christians who should imitate Christ should live their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, that's, you know, it's that foundation that resulted in the Christian church going forth, you know, I love the even the 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 um, the Great Commission. You know, in uh, in Matthew's Gospel, uh, you get uh, the Great Commission given uh, in terms of uh, going to teach all men. But if you go into into Mark's Gospel, uh, you actually get a, a framed just slightly different. You get the same commission. It's a being, nuance. It, it's a nuance. But let's uh, let's just have a look at that uh, uh, that particular. Um, statement uh, that uh, that uh, Christ uh, Christ makes at the uh, end of the uh, gospel uh, gospel of Mark, uh, and uh, he said to them, "Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe is going to be condemned. And these signs will follow those that believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If you know, we, we're talking." Here here about a supernatural evidence of the power of God. Casting out of demons is something very closely linked to healing. 
And, and then later on, Gary, it says in, in the very next verse, it says, or that same verse, it, will say, it says, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus is telling people to go into all the world to preach the, the good news, the gospel, the truth, but also to actually be of service to others and to help heal yeah. others through yeah. the power yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, Gary, there was uh, an emperor called Julian the, the Apostate. How would you like that as a last what name? A name? What a Julian name. Julian the Apostate, who reigned, reigned from 361 to 363 AD. And this is what he said. He lamented that the Christians whom he hated showed love and compassion, whereas his pagan countrymen did not. Famously saying that the Galileans, in other words, Christians, he said, the Galileans, to our disgrace, support not only their poor, but ours. He argued that the Christians' philanthropy towards strangers had done most to spread their beliefs. And and this is what Jesus said in John 13, didn't he? After the, the Last Supper, the foot washing, he said, all people will know if you're my disciples if you love one another. How can you prove your love to someone for your care of, of that person? Yeah, yeah. No, this is, this is powerful. You know, Christianity changed the way that society was thinking. You know, and, 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 and as, I, as I look at this, as I look at the evidence, as I look at the teachings of Jesus, I say, what an amazing thing Jesus Christ did. He targeted the human mind. He said, hey, start to think differently. And once you're thinking differently, you will act differently. Uh, and as a result, you get, uh, you get education, you get, uh, medical, uh, hospitals being, uh, uh, being introduced by the, the Christian church wherever, uh, the church spread. But look, Let's come to some uh, some music. Um, this is uh, uh, City of Light. Uh, not I, but through Christ uh, in me. Uh, please enjoy. Freedom 
That was City, a light, uh, not I, but Christ through me. Uh, really uh, beautiful, a uh, beautiful song. Now, folks, we'll have another attempt at being able to give away that uh, that book. Uh, my uh, my little piece of paper here had been obscured, and I uh, uh, I normally rely on, and uh, so I lost the lost the number temporarily. Um, and that, what the Bible says about is the giveaway book today. This is a real beauty. Uh, this is uh, by uh, Mel- Lonnie Melashenko. Uh, Thirty one studies on important topics and a simple Bible marking plan. Now guys, look, this is the the Bible marking plan is the thing that uh, makes this book uh, actually so so valuable. Uh, Bible marking allows you to be able to mark your Bible in such a way uh, that you will be able to share your faith. If somebody wants to know how to come to Christ, you'll have your Bible marked so that you'll know which particular passage uh, you can turn to to show them how they can come to Jesus Christ. Uh, Now look, if you would like this particular book what the Bible says about by Lonnie Melashenko. Uh, what you need to do is to text us now. Uh, you text us here at our drive time text number, which is oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven oh four triple eight. 80811 and just in that text just put the code now the code is SA137 just five digits in a row no gap between the SA and the 137 so that's SA137 and text that to 04 80811 and uh, that'll go through actually to our robot. It doesn't go to a, to a human. Uh, our robot will come to, back to you, ask you a couple of questions uh, so that we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, way possible. Uh, 04 888 11 and the code is SA137. You will love this, uh, this particular, uh, this particular book. Uh, now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and uh, this week we're following the theme Christianity in History how positive was its contribution? We've looked at the the issue of slavery uh, we've looked at the issue of the status of women. Uh, today uh, we're looking at uh, the issue of, of health and generosity. Has that made a difference in our society uh, through the work of the Christian churches. Now, David, appreciate what you're actually saying at, at the present time. Um, bring it all together for us. Yeah, look, thank you, Gary. Um, as Christians, we can really thank God um, for the ethos of Jesus, for his teachings, for the word of God, in that it is holistic. You know, uh, we too easily forget that before the Islamic conquest of the 7th and 8th centuries, in the Middle East and North Africa, before those Islamic conquests, uh, they were covered with Christian churches, and the Christian churches established quite a number of free hospitals. Uh, Christianity uh, has been at the basis of health care, as you said, Gary, and I guess uh, uh, Florence Nightingale was a case in point. Um, she had those strong Christian values where she... Um, uh, wanted to help alleviate uh, the the pain and the suffering of others. I think of people like Mother Teresa as an example as well and her her gift, her sacrifice of her life, if you like, for for the well-being of humanity, and it goes on and on. Um, Gary, it's, it's really interesting. Um, of 
all the the charities in Australia today, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at 2022 research, um, the largest sector of charities in Australia are religious based. Okay, that give back to the community. And um, which is really something. Well, that's actually, you know, I mean, if you look out there, I mean, you turn around and, you know, you you look at, you know, we talk about St. Vinnie's, of course, and that's connected to the Salvation Army. You look at, um, uh, you know, just so many out there are all got a faith-based belief as the foundation for what they're actually doing. And this is really important. Philip Hughes, um, a sociologist, I believe, and a famous Australian, written quite a number of books. In an article um, on Crucius, uh, he says, does faith make a difference? His article, does faith make a difference to how people contribute to Australian society? And he goes through and he says um, that when it comes to informal care, religious people reported more frequently than non-religious people that they were involved in the care of family members and people beyond the family and in providing practical assistance in various forms. Um, and he says that a lot of that has to do with their religious beliefs. When it comes to volunteering, Philip Hughes also says religious people reported more frequently than non-religious people that they were well, that they were involved in unpaid work for a variety of voluntary groups and that they spent more hours in such work. And, and he just goes on, charitable giving is higher amongst religious groups than non-religious groups. The values, uh, he says, um, uh, are stronger. And so he, he ends by saying religious faith not only benefits the religious people themselves, how they live benefits the wider society. The Contributing to Australian Society survey provided much evidence that religious faith contributes to people having strong pro-social values and principles. These values and principles were evident in people's choice of occupations, their informal and formal unpaid voluntary work, and their giving to charitable causes. And he affirms uh, religion, uh, Christian religions and religion for, for these attributes. Mm. Which is really, Gary, when we, when we all boil it down, isn't this the message of Scripture? This is the message of Scripture. This is what Christ taught his disciples to do. I mean, previously today you've quoted the parable of the Good Samaritan. But, you know, we could go on. The practice of Christ, you know, I, I read in the New Testament there, I read in the book of Acts that, you know, Peter went through uh, and uh, people were continually bringing people to Peter after Christ had uh, returned to heaven for the issue of healing, you know, they they wanted healing, they were provided healing, and then they asked the uh, larger questions uh, that uh, Christ came to. We have the story of a lady called Tabitha or Dorcas in Acts chapter nine, verses 30, thirty-six to forty-three. She fell, she she died, and, and um, uh, Peter was called, and the people there showed her all the good works that she had done, the clothing that she had made, and how she'd cared for others, and God through Peter raised her back. To life. Gary, I think in the Old Testament, the book of Leviticus, it's not just Jesus, it's right back at the beginning. The book of Leviticus, this is what it says, verse uh, chapter 23, verse 22, when you reap the harvest of your land, this is direct from God, when you yeah. reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field. When you reap, nor shall you gather any gleaning from your harvest, you shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. 
In other words, I want you to be a generous person. You know, I mean, and this is the thing about the, you know, the Old Testament law. It's actually, uh, it equalizes society. You know, I mean, the rich man can't get, you know, excessively rich, uh, but he is told to care for his uh, poor brother or sister. And there's actually, um, plans put in place, uh, for the care of the care of the poor. So there's the care within and the care without. It's both. I mean, uh, Romans 15, verse 26, uh, Paul is requesting people to put aside things to help those in need. It says, For it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. So there is the looking after those of your own faith, mm-hmm. but this is where Christianity goes beyond that. Yeah. Looking yeah. after humanity full stop. Yeah. And, and that is where Christianity has actually been an incredible blessing. I know, uh, you know, to, to this day, my, uh, the number of our own churches here in Adelaide who, who run food pantries. And, uh, I know just, um, talking to another of our pastors just very recently, he said, Hey, it's one of the most rewarding parts of his ministry because, uh, people uh, who are struggling financially are able to come into the food pantry. He's able to provide them with the, uh, the necessary food for the, uh, for the day. And, uh, they go their way literally rejoicing because a weight has been lifted off their backs. Uh, you know, this is something, but why are Christians doing this? You know, I suggest to you, David, it's actually because of the teachings of Jesus Christ. It's because of the Word of God and what it taught. And and this is the basis for it all. I mean, in uh, Psalm 68, verse 5, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. So it is all based on Scripture. And, and this is God who is the, the father to the fatherless, the defender of widows. And so he yeah. asks those who want to follow him, Christians, to take up the same attitudes as he has had. Yeah, no, look, that's that's incredibly powerful. David, look, we do have to finish now. Uh, let's, how would you like to just pray for us as we conclude? Dear Father in heaven, we, we just want to thank you for, for who you are. We thank you for Jesus and the model that he showed, how he displayed and exhibited your love. And Lord, that wasn't just to those who, who followed him. It wasn't just to those who were of his own faith or ethnicity or gender. Lord, help us to care for the sick and needy. Help us to be charitable to others. Help us to be there to offer healing and compassion, Lord, irrespective of, of occupation, of ethnicity, of origin, of, of social standing. But help us to mirror your love in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, my friends, it does look like time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor David on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan will be asking the question, was Christianity antagonistic to religion? Really look forward to being with you then. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God abundantly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.